Hey, what's going on? And welcome to Designer Head Podcast. My name is Jan, and I will be your host. This is a podcast where I will be talking about technology, design, intersection between design and technology, and basically using this platform as my brain dump. If you like it, awesome. I really would love for you to follow me and follow my episodes and spread the word. If you don't, well, I'm sorry, but actually I'm not. My podcast and I'll do with it whatever the hell I want. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. In this episode, we'll be covering what's next. What's next is the future of design. And the future of design, honestly, is fascinating. And so that's why I decided to make this episode. Apart from that, this episode is kind of special because, well, it's the first one. It's the first episode of Designer Head podcast, which is fascinating, scary, exciting, and uh, hopefully educational, hopefully fun, hopefully useful. Today is January 31st, 2024. Why is this date is important? Well, because we are exactly two days away from Apple officially beginning to sell, well, actually sell and ship their Apple Vision Pro. Now, the future is not only about that, but here's a few things that I can say. And again, this is my opinion, and it's up to you if you want to listen to this or not. Absolutely your choice. <laughs> so if anything that I've learned, or if, if I learned anything by following Apple and their devices since essentially an inception of iPhone 1, is that iPhone or Apple, sorry, actually is a trendsetter. Now, don't get me wrong, augmented reality has been around for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> ten years? I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know the, the actual history of augmented reality. But I do remember different companies and startups and whatnot uh, going into augmented reality and creating these little um, digital cards where if you point your camera phone at, at it, it will show something. If you do something with uh, some apps on your phone, it will show something. So one of the things that were happening up until today, or actually two days from now, is that augmented reality was limited to our phone screens. There were some very limited attempts to quote-unquote augmented reality on your face, if you will. That was failed Google Glass. Uh, that was uh, a few other brands that tried to do something that kind of projects something into your glasses and they look like actual glasses, right? The one thing that did not happen up until now is an immersive augmented reality in front of your eyes. And this is what Apple did. And I know people were kind of judging them and saying what the fuck and whatnot because they created the headset at the time where you have the MetaQuest and, and other ones and from something from Samsung, I think. But the one thing that people kind of failed to distinguish there is that Apple is not trying to compete with virtual reality. I mean, they might at some point. But with this specific product, they're not trying to compete with it. They're taking a completely different approach to an existing market for a long time 
that was not as successful or as publicly talked about or publicly accessible or even have some sort of utility. Because up until now, it was all just fun games. It was just like, 3D animations in the, in the quote-unquote palm of your hand or placing a furniture in your space from Ikea. Yeah, these are all cool, but are they actually useful? Uh, you know, it depends what you ask. What Apple essentially did, they, they really took something that has been sitting on a shelf for the last seven, eight years, and they said, hey, let's make this more visible, more usable, better utility, and a better value. And yes... <laughs> the, the headset is stupidly expensive. And honestly, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know it's expensive and I know it's version one or first iteration of this thing. And I'm probably going to buy it this year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I probably will. But what I'm trying to say is for the past probably five, six, seven months, um, I've been talking to people about the future of design. And people are asking me about the future of design. Where are we going? What's going to happen? AI happened. Now we have augmented reality comes from, from Apple. What should we do with all of that? While I was a part of my last company, I was a fairly loud advocate that we need to start looking into how do we make our product usable in the augmented reality world. That means that if I am putting the Apple Vision Pro headset on me, does my essentially AI assistant follows me with me as I'm going somewhere else, as I'm traveling and not necessarily only on my phone or my laptop, but with me in my earpiece, which could be AirPods or some other pods. Uh, is it with me in my augmented reality or even virtual reality? And I'll be honest, I mean, you know, from everything that I can see in the industry happening, I don't necessarily see companies trying to adapt as early as last year to all of this development. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know the intricacies and conversations and, you know, uh, closed door conversations of different companies and, and, and so forth. But from the publicly visible chats, conversations, questions from people that I get that work at different companies kind of gives me a bit of a insight, if you will, or, or an assumption, at least, or maybe a prediction is that most of the companies are not ready. Most of the designers are not ready. And I'm not saying that be aware that the AI is going to replace you. The AI is not going to replace you. You're still going to be there. Maybe not in the same capacity. Maybe you'll be request, required to do more things or slightly different things, but you'll still be there. We all still going to be there. I don't think the AI is that advanced yet. Now, if we're really thinking about the future, and this is really what I want to talk about, is we have to talk about the future. And the future is, in my opinion, again, it's pretty simple. And I, and I stated that on LinkedIn, uh, I think yesterday. As designers, we need to know or learn how to design with AI by our side. What I mean by that is utilizing it as a tool in our everyday work. Does that mean that uh, now you have design, you have AI design things for you? Not necessarily. 
but you should definitely learn how to utilize and, and optimize and augment some of the functionalities or uh, skills that you have and, and perform on a daily basis, such as maybe have it to create a research plan for you. Maybe have it create preliminary wireframes for you. Maybe have it create a design or basis or the first iteration of a design system for you. I don't know. Um, there's so many different options. There's so many different tools coming out every single day. Our existing tools that we've been using for the last, whatever, three, four, five years are shifting. Figma introduced AI. Now with that AI functionality they have, you can literally just type in, create a user flow for X, Y, and Z, um, I don't know, product or person or, or whatnot, and it will create a user flow. Granted, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be perfect. But you didn't spend right now three hours putting it together in order to start iterating on it. No, you got the basics. You got the foundation in, and it took you only, I don't know, three minutes, maybe five. And yes, now you can spend half an hour or an hour to, you know, kind of refine it, make it better, make it work for you or for your specific need. Equally the same, you can go to uh, Adobe Firefly and ask it to create an app for X, Y, and Z business. Will it create a design for or UI for the app? No, it will give you some basic screens that will give you an idea or an inspiration. Or maybe even options for a conversation with your stakeholders to kind of explore different approaches, if you will. Should it be this way or should it be that way? Should the layout be this this uh, style or that style, right? You can utilize these tools to become more effective at your job. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, the next part of it or the second part of it is designing for AI. As you go and you work at every, all these different tech companies or even not tech companies, financial companies, insurance, healthcare, government, um, the list goes on you will find that more and more companies are curious, interested, or even have a very specific agenda and goals and already on the roadmap of implementing AI functionality, features, services, even products. So you better learn or know how to actually design for an AI product or AI feature within your organization. That will give you an advantage to know how to design for this thing as this thing grows and scales. So yeah, keep that in mind and, and go spend time, uh, as I said recently, I think we all owe it to ourselves, right? We, we learn all the time. That's part of our job. That's part of our industry is when you become a designer, you learn, you never stop. Things change every single time. And so you keep learning. AI is just yet another tool that we have to learn. It's like, imagine yourself a designer that refused to learn Figma five years ago. Where are they now? Granted, I still love Sketch. <laughs> Die hard. I love Sketch. I love Adobe products. Um, but yeah, Figma took over, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know yet. I still don't. It's been several years of Figma uh, running the show, and I still don't know if it's going to be something that will last forever or not. But at the same time, it's a tool. Right. And, and I think that as designers, we, we kind of owe it ourselves to be tool agnostic because tools change. It's not about the tool. It's about you. It's about how you use the tools and how many tools you know how to use. 
Because if you're looking at different companies, you, you go from one company to another, you might be jumping between Figma, Sketch, Adobe XD. And yes, Sketch is still around. They still, they're still kicking. They're still doing their thing. They're still operating in some companies. I've seen some job descriptions with Sketch on it and Envision on it, even though Envision is about to shut down this year. Again, sadly. So treat it as a tool uh, and, and know how to utilize it. And so go learn prompt engineering. Go learn what is LLM. Go learn um, what is machine learning. Go learn how does it work? How does the neural networks of AI work and operate? How do they interconnect with each other? How do they learn? How do they communicate? How do they produce the outcomes you're looking for? Learn different types of AI. What is the generative AI? What is the predictive AI? Um, and, and the list goes on. Try to understand how it all works. I'm not saying go and become an expert. Don't, don't go and try and get a master's or a PhD in, in the field unless you really want to become uh, an AI professor or engineer or, or you know philosopher. It doesn't matter. It's up to you, of course. But now if we're going to talk about designing for AI, that, that's, again, knowing how it works and knowing how to utilize it as your tool, it'll be a lot easier for you to design for the product itself because you already have an idea of how it functions behind the scenes. Now, again, you know, it's, it's all about facing a uh, consumer or customer facing or user facing. Yeah. You'll need to also understand the intricacies of such things as ethics and, um, what kind of system to utilize in your specific product. Is it going to be, uh, open AI's uh, GPT, or is it going to be Claude, or is it going to be Bard, or is it going like any of these tools or any of these technologies? They're slightly different. They behave and uh, respond slightly differently. Some of them sound a little bit more sarcastic than others. Some of them can be funny. Some of them can be very serious. And 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 it's up to you to decide which way you want to go. Ethics is very important to implement something like and a generative AI within your product or service to see if it's not going to be harmful, right? Because you might be rushing to implement an AI uh, API because it sounded like a great idea. Everyone is doing, your industry is rushing to do so. So you don't want to get left behind, but at the same time, you might implement it and it might start offending your customers. So keep that in mind. Now let's talk about augmented reality. That's a second part of this conversation, really, about being ready for the future or talking about the future. Augmented reality is here to stay. There are critics. There are people who think or say that, oh my God, this thing is too heavy or too expensive or uncomfortable or who in the right mind would want to sit with this thing on their face for hours. I'm not going to sit on the plane with this thing. I'm going to look ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, Marquis, the one who reviews the big tech and whatnot, already said that the, the first use case of this thing that he wants to use is on the plane. And who knows, maybe that's the one of the best use cases here, at least for now. But what you need to know about or what you need to think or keep in mind as a designer or a creative or a design leader really in, in this industry or in our industry is how do you design for this? You have a product probably on the market right now. It can be an app. It can be a website. It can be a SaaS platform. It could be an AI assistant. Who knows? It doesn't matter. 
but how do you adapt your product to this? Think of it as the explosion of the Apple Watch. When Apple Watch just launched, it was kind of useless. It was a cool gimmick. Um, I had one, I got one. But honestly, after about four or five months, I gave it, I gave it to my sister. I didn't find any use in it. I didn't find any practical utility in it. If anything, it was annoying me all the time with all these notifications coming through from, from my phone. And so I took it off and, and I gave it to my sister. And that's how I got my sister into the Apple Watch world. <laughs> and she still loves her Apple Watch. And I think she's on generation six or seven or eight. I don't. But point being is first gen is always a bit, well, it's, a, it's cool. It's awesome. But what's the use of it? I see a lot of uses for augmented reality, especially with Vision Pro and especially the way it's designed and especially the way it's, it's done. So I... I strongly, strongly believe, and again, I might be completely off base here and completely wrong, but I strongly believe that we will see an explosion of usage of Apple Vision Pro and then a gold rush of other tech companies trying to catch up and build their own Vision Pros, if you will their own augmented reality, immersive augmented reality. That's the difference that I, I'm trying to communicate here is that it's not only about having regular type glasses on your face with something being projected onto the glass itself. Um, no, this is an immersive augmented reality. At least that I, I'm not sure if that's the, the real name to this, but that's what it feels to me and that's what I'm going to call it. What it means by it is you kind of you kind of surround your entire vision with being in this world that projects your reality with an augmented reality seamlessly with it. Like when you're looking at the Vision Pro videos, and again, I haven't experienced itself myself, so I can only judge things from the videos. But if you're looking at the videos themselves, you can see how they properly project things like depth, the cast of shadows, lighting, and so forth from within that it actually feels like whatever you're looking, looking at is actually part of your reality, which can be a little scary, of course, but at the same time, that's the immersive part. That's what makes it such a realistic feeling that I think it's going to be a hit. And I think this is going to be another gold rush probably sometime next year when other companies are going to try and emulate and going to try and build something similar. They're going to try and start building more or creating more immersive augmented reality products. So knowing how to design within this specific environment is absolutely crucial for two reasons. One, again, how do you use it as a designer? How do you use an augmented reality as your stage to design things? Can you imagine a 180 degree Figma view or an immersive view of your application? I, I don't know. It makes me excited. It makes me excited. I think I can't wait to try it out. I can't wait to see how this will play out. I can't wait to... to see a product that I've seen and have and used on my phone 
suddenly being available on the Vision Pro and how it actually behaves and how it positions itself in my reality. How will it project the lighting? How will it project casting of shadows? How it will project the depth of things, right? What will be the interaction? Is it going to be like, I don't know, Minority Report style? Is it going to be like Tron? I don't know, but I'm excited about this future. And so when you're thinking about it, I would strongly advise designers to try and see how they can use augmented reality to design things within it and what will be the factors and practices to design for it. Again, I have no idea how yet. I don't know if any companies like Figma or products like Figma are ready for this because I feel like there's going to be a very specific design patterns and UI styles and systems to be catering to that specific um, use case of a product. And here we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and spending that time with me on this episode. Now, I do want to mention that everything that has been said, it is my opinion and my opinion only. It does not represent any companies, entities, persons, and whatnot that I have worked with before, currently, or in the future. It's only my opinions. Once again, I want to thank you for your time and I look forward to seeing or appearing or talking to all of you in the future. If you have any questions or you want me to cover any specific topic or any specific subject, please find me on LinkedIn, reach out, send me a message. And I would really appreciate to get some sort of review or feedback of how you like this podcast or this specific episode. If there is anything you don't like, you like, please just share with me so I can learn and make this experience a lot better because this is a project for me. And so thank you once again. And on that note, never stop learning and I'll see you all next time.